With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim, this is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. This is Jay Kokorowski. We've got John McNamara here. And, of course, we are hanging out in the Vivid Seats studio talking about the Wisconsin Badgers going 1-0 and to kick off their 2019 campaign with a 49-0 win. Shutout, blowout win, something I didn't expect. I'm sure, John, you didn't expect. And... We're going to be here to talk about it on this edition here on Sunday night. Hope everyone's enjoying your Labor Day weekend. And we're going to do a mailbag. We'll have some interviews from Nakia Watson and Leo Chanel. But we're going to start off, John, uh, some takeaways from this game. Get them out of the way because everyone's seen the game. I was rewatching the game. I've got about another half hour left as of recording this podcast. John, I mean, just before we get into our takeaways, general thoughts on what, what you – Saw on the stat sheet, maybe what you saw when if you watched the game, just what did what what popped out to you the most? Yeah, I was uh I was at a football game Friday night. I went to go see Catherine Memorial in Brookfield Central. So uh I was kind of piecing the game together uh, you know, on my phone, and then they were giving some updates over the PA and stuff. So uh I got a chance to see most of it when I got back home and then I watched again uh on Saturday. Uh, Saturday morning, but I guess the you know the biggest thing that was jumping out was like, you know, I I went in this game and I you know on the last podcast we said you know I was coming around to this game as fall camp wore on where I thought that Wisconsin was going to win. Uh, I thought they you know I remember I was I said like twenty eight to seventeen something like that. I guess the my my biggest takeaway is how handedly Wisconsin uh, and how efficiently they took care of business down South Florida. Um, you know, you threw another wrench into the, to the things down there with the, the delayed start. And, you know, obviously that affects both teams, but, uh, to go in there and to play as well as they did on both sides of the ball, um, you know, really stood out, I guess, in that moment. But then, you know, Jake, you probably speak to this too. When you go back and watch that game, there were some things that they could have still cleaned up. Uh, so I think that there's a potential for them to, to play better. Uh, than they did Friday night. I think that's very encouraging for this team moving forward. So I guess initially you're surprised at the score and, and you know, what they were able to do uh, on both sides of the ball, but then you, I think you take a deeper dive into it and you, you, there's some things they can clean up as they had to central Michigan and beyond that. Right. And that's your first takeaway from this, from this game and, you know, 49, nothing. And you take a look at even from a broader picture, you saw what happened to Tennessee against Georgia state. You saw what happened to granted it's Boise state, but Boise state beat up on Florida state. You Purdue lost to Nevada after blowing a lead and then having a a walk on kicker boot a 56 yarder to, to win it with three seconds left in the game. So yeah, I I, I agree. Great showing a lot more 
can be done by the Badgers uh, to improve. And we're, we'll be looking for that coming up this week, actually, against Central Michigan. Uh, anything more with that with that takeaway in terms of potential be better? What plays maybe stood out a little bit to you that could say, hey, or, or even stat, what's on the stat sheet that could pop out to say, hey, this is a good area, you know, area of growth or an improvement that they can make? Well, I would look at those two deep balls, uh, you know, one that Nelson was beat on, Scott Nelson was beat on, and then a second that he popped out at the end, uh, you know, both of those should have been caught. And obviously I, I don't think that, you know, changes a, a whole lot in the game, but, you know, for Central Michigan to maybe get some points on the board early, I think there are opportunities to do so. Uh, again, you know, when when you're <laughs> – when you're looking at a game as lopsided as it was, I think you you might be nitpicking a bit. But again, you know you, there there are some areas they can clean up maybe in the back end with Nelson. But overall, obviously this team played very well on both sides of the ball. Yeah, my first takeaway for for the game is going to be the defense came to play, and watching what the Badgers did, they're mostly in a two four five look, which is two defensive linemen, four linebackers with the two outside linebackers coming off the edge. So they look like pseudo linemen, but then you also had, you know, five defensive backs and they showed three safety looks with Reggie Pearson in the slot. They showed three cornerbacks in the slot. And that was Rashad wild goose. And later on Madison cone, uh, who was also a safety now. So they, they utilized that defense defensive backfield is very versatile in my opinion. Uh, but even the pass rush, the front seven, I thought looked really, really on point, uh, for the leading tacklers. You had all of them were inside linebackers, a Mike Mascalunas, a, a walk on led the team with six. And then you had Leo Chanel, Chris Orr, and Jack Sanborn all with five. So really, you know, this team, you know, and then of course you had Zach Vaughn having a big game with that strip sack, uh, and then Matt Henningsen on the defensive line, having a sack, and then also that return off of the strip sack. And they held, gosh, they held the Bulls to just 157 total yards. And so Wisconsin, I mean, granted, again, it's it's South Florida. We thought it would be more difficult with that unknown of what the defense would face. And they passed the test. And, you know, and obviously you mentioned the, you know, Scott Nelson with, you know, possibly, and, Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him tomorrow during player availability. But, you know, there are things to clean up there too, where the two, you know, there's two drops early on, like you mentioned, um, among other things. But for what I saw and rewatching the game for that first team defense, they came to play and the front seven looked much improved. Yeah. And they only, uh, South Florida only ran 57 plays, which is kind of on the low end too. And I mean, that's, that's a credit to Jim Leonard's defense for getting off the field there. So, um, you know, a, a really good performance. And then if you, if you go look at the pro football focus stuff, which will start rolling out this week, um, you know, one thing that I talked about, you know, in, in the last couple of podcasts or so, I, you know, I was, I was wondering where the big time playmaker was on that defense. And, you know, with the way that Zach Vaughn played against South Florida, you know, maybe, maybe he is going to be that guy for Wisconsin this year. he, he graded out at 87.7, which is really good, uh, you know, especially with pro fo- football focus. He was the top guy in Wisconsin's defenses uh, uh, in week one against South Florida. Um, obviously, he, he pressured the quarterback. He hit the quarterback to, to cause 
uh, I guess it was ruled what a, a fumble into the arms of, of uh, Matt Henningsen and for a touchdown. So yep. Yep. Um, yep. I think that, you know, if, if if this defense is going to continue to play at that level, maybe Bond's the guy that's going to be that playmaker off the edge for them. And uh, he, he certainly got off to a great start in week one against South Florida. I guess my second takeaway then, you know, going on the flip side of the ball, we talked a lot about when it comes to the defense right now, but let's talk the offense and the potential to be balanced. 234 yards rushing, 199 through the air later in the game, they mostly ran the ball. So that's why I look, maybe he's not perfectly balanced, but with, you know, Jack Cohn completed and we'll get in, I'll get in. That's he's my third takeaway. So I won't go, I won't break down his numbers really, but still threw for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns. The running game, obviously you saw, I mean, the balance with Jonathan Taylor, where, I mean, and maybe you know, we, I don't have, you know, you'll talk about him in a second, but then you saw the receiving game where Quintez Cephas caught three passes. He was targeted five times, which was the most by out of any receiver uh, for Wisconsin. And then you saw that balance there that, and even taking the deep shots downfield where I know they didn't connect. And I'll go back to my third point with Cone on that in a little bit, but there is a balance that if they do, like you mentioned, the potential to be better. Wisconsin has a chance to be a very balanced offense. And that's saying something with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Uh, A lot of yards could be up there. A lot of points as as we saw on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, I I was surprised. I, you know, I really was, I'm surprised as as well as the defense played, Uh, you know, maybe we thought that South Florida is going to bring a bit more. Obviously a lot was written up about their offensive coordinator and about the uh, success that he's had in the past. But uh, like you said, Jake, I mean, the, the defense showed up to play. Uh, I think a big part of that, like you talked about, is what they're able to do up front now. Uh, you know, last year they really struggled with, you know, with the, they're playing the defensive line, obviously, you know, with Randolph for the, the season and, you know, Isaiah Laudermilk injured to start and, you know, having to bump Caden Lyles over from the offensive line. Uh, you know, this is a good group, I think, when they're fully healthy and you saw that. You saw that on Friday night. So what is your take? I think I already kind of foreshadowed it. What is your number two takeaway from the game on Friday night? Yeah. You know, I remember talking about uh, on the last podcast, Jonathan Taylor catching the football and, you know, what he was going to do there. And, um, you know, you had more confidence in that than I did. I think I said, I, I need to see it. Uh, (laughs) I think you certainly saw it on Friday. I mean, it, you know, what he was able to do there was, was really impressive. Uh, and this is just one more dimension to his game that uh, defensive coordinators are going to have to scheme for. And, you know, he, if, if he's able to do, you know, something similar that all season long to be a true threat to catch the ball in the backfield, um, you know, he's obviously he's one of the most special players in college football. But, you know, if he adds that other facet to his game, um, I just – I think – he he could be maybe the 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 best weapon, best offensive weapon in college football this year. Obviously, small sample size, one game, but if he's able to do that and catch the ball in the backfield, he's you know he's he's obviously going to be a legit Heisman contender, and and it just gives uh, Paul Chris and Joe Rudolph uh, just one more you know weapon uh, on that offensive side of the ball. Yeah, John, and you mentioned it too with Taylor. He has that ability to 
if he can, can consistently be a threat in the passing game, that's where, in my opinion, the, the Heisman talk comes along. And he started that campaign on a huge note on Friday night. And we talked about it in the, the our From the Box column about just what he did uh, and just how special it was. And if he continues that, I mean, he should be in line to be a finalist in New York after this season. So um, last takeaway for you. It was Zach Bond and, you know, his ability. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, going over the numbers from Pro Football Focus, um, you know, obviously you thought that Bond played well, but he, like I said, he graded out at an 87.7, which was tops on the defense. And, um, you know, I, maybe we're seeing a fully healthy Zach Bond because I don't think we saw him fully healthy last season. And again, like I said, if he can be that edge rush guy, uh, a guy that can get in the backfield and cause disruption, uh, you know, that could be huge for this defense moving forward. Um, I, you know, I think he's got a chance to be a big time playmaker for them in, uh, in 2019. Yeah. And we, we've talked about how he's added 10 pounds onto his frame. He's up around 235 pounds. He has that ability to, he has not lost that speed or agility that, you know, shined in 2016 before, uh, the end before, you know, some injuries set in there and you saw a little bit of it last year when, but though he was dinged up a little bit too, from what it sounded like from according to the defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard back this past, past spring. So you're seeing what a healthy Zach bond could be. And he disrupted the passer. It wasn't just that strip sack. He was in the backfield often and, you know, raising hell for South Florida's offensive line. So I, I like what I saw out of there too. And we'll see what, you know, Central Michigan may not be the best indicator of of that, but I mean, we'll see in a couple of weeks when Wisconsin faces Michigan just how much you know that'll be a, a real test for Wisconsin's defense and if he can disrupt Shea Patterson. Uh, and like I said, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, I like what I saw. You know, out the first of twelve regular season games from the Brown Deer native. Last one uh, for me, Jack Cohn. And folks, I know he missed a couple of deep passes, but folks. In my opinion, I think he did just fine for his first first outing as a quarterback, and he knows that he is a he is the starting quarterback. And he completed nineteen of twenty six passes, one hundred ninety nine yards. Those two touchdown passes to Jonathan Taylor. Honestly, I thought he did fine, and there were some offensive issues where there was pressure. I know people talked about the two deep passes, and maybe I, you know, I he should have probably hit Cephas on that first deep pass, even though I thought that was good coverage by Mike Hampton, the South Florida corner who's getting a lot of, I think he's getting uh, some, you know, people think he's a good cornerback and could be NFL caliber down the road. But in my opinion, you know, that second one, he was pressured from that left side and he had to step up and he, his footwork wasn't there because he had to scramble. Uh, if, and, and Cephas had, a, had Hampton beat on that play. But, you know, when you have pressure like that, Cone couldn't step in and deliver an accurate pass. However, I will say for those that are that are saying Graham Mertz would make that throw or Chase Wolf would make that throw, I know mostly it's all about Mertz, but I'll, I'll say too, you know, my opinion, it's a good start that they're, they trust Jack Cone to make those passes deep. They're calling play action like that because they know that they can vertically stretch the defense in that manner to keep them honest. So I think that's a really positive sign that they're, they're calling those plays. And I think, you know, the first one, okay, I'll, I'll give people that. 
and he'll need to probably hit the he'll not probably he will need to hit those against greater competition. But second one, I give him a bit of a pass. But overall, uh, he made you know he almost threw for 200 yards by bold prediction in our three two one series last week. Was that he would throw for 250 and three touchdowns if he hits one of those deep to Cephas? I'm probably looking right. I'm smack dab right on that prediction. So um, I think he did fine. He threw the ball well. He threw it accurately for the most part. I like what I saw out of uh, out of Cone, you know, against the Bulls. I think it was a very good uh, first start to open the season. Obviously, he's got a couple starts under his belt from last year, but uh, you know, again, when when you p- perform like they did uh, on Friday, I think you know when you're going to areas of improvement, you're kind of nitpicking here, and um, you know, he obviously, like you talked about, he threw over through Cephas at least once, uh, and the other time, I thought, like you said, it's pretty good coverage. Uh, you know, does he struggle throwing the deep ball? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think he threw over through Cephas once, and um, I, I certainly think that he can correct that moving forward. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was a great first start for him. Uh, and, you know, I think that people that maybe doubted the reports that came from, from fall camp, uh, you know, maybe they were proven wrong. You know, obviously he wasn't electric or through the roof, but I think he, he did what Paul Christ expected him to do and, uh, he, I don't want to say he managed the game, but you know, he, he made the right reads. He threw the ball away when he needed to. Um, and he obviously completed a lot of his passes and, uh, to go on the road in a, a difficult environment. Uh, I thought he did extremely well. And I, I think that's a re- very good sign for Wisconsin, which, you know, all of a sudden, you know, obviously he knew about Taylor, but I mean, they seem to have quite a few weapons on that offense. Uh, even going back to guys like Nakia Watson and, and Bradrick Shaw, uh, you know, it looks like you might have four, you know, pretty reliable running backs on this team this year. And obviously it, it's led by Jonathan Taylor and you want to do as much as with him as you can, but uh, that's certainly going to help, especially, you know, when you start grinding in the middle of the season, when guys are hurt, um, it, it's definitely going to help Wisconsin to have that many reliable backs in the backfield, uh, you know, especially in the heart of the big 10 season. Absolutely. Now just some things to work on. Uh, maybe we'll take maybe a minute each to talk about the, these before we take a break before we take even that break, we'll play the Nakia Watson interview in your opinion john what are the areas you want to see improvement from i think the offensive line could clean some stuff up uh you you saw maybe a few misassignments there uh some pressures on the quarterback that that they allowed uh but again you know a lot of guys uh on that line were seeing their their first start uh so you know that that's one area again where i think you know you can go look at the tape and you can make some improvements and um, obviously they did a very good job in the run game, uh, maybe a little bit in pass protection. You could clean some stuff up there, but you know, I, I thought they played very well. And I think it was encouraging for them to, to also see some other guys play. You know, you obviously saw Tyler beach play a little bit at, at tackle. Um, you know, obviously Caden Lyles played quite a bit inside. Uh, I think even Michael Furton, if you look, go look back at the participation report, uh, he was able to play as well. So, um, you know, obviously you got those starters some time and, and you got some stuff on tape to look at, but, uh, you know, some of the younger guys played as well, which is, which is obviously critical, uh, whenever you can get a chance there to see live reps, uh, that, that certainly helps moving forward. Yeah. And I, I'll go back to that. I think you hit on the head too. containing pressure. I think is going to be a big thing. Wisconsin gave up three sacks and I was looking through some of the tape. It looked like the pressure got, got to, uh, to Jack Cohn, you know, quickly uh, some players were not guarded or they were just ran free from what I saw. And 
you know, they also had 11 tackles for loss. The bulls did. And then on top of that, three quarterback hurries. So we'll see how, how the line looks. I mean, they're switching in and out with uh, the guards. They had Caden Lyles. They had Josh Scheltzner, David, uh, not David, uh, Jason Erdman on there. So really, you know, they're, they're switching those players out. Tyler beach and Logan Bruss were getting work at right tackle. Cole Van Lannan left, you know, locked down the left side of the line. So, um, there are some moving parts when it came to the line, and we'll see how that continues. And if that continues, one, if that continues, two, it, you know, who could possibly step up and get, you know, solidify those those positions going forward. So, uh, on that note, uh, John, I mean, I think you talked about it a little bit earlier though the deep ball. Um, it does have to happen. Uh, we talked about it before too. I did in my talk about cone, but. Um, I guess too, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, right? There is a, you deal with the footwork of the quarterback, the route of the cor- uh, of the wide receiver, the coverage, and of course the pressure, you know, any pressure from the defense in terms of getting to the passer and the offensive line's job of trying to protect Jack Hone. Yeah. Again, you know, it's, it's something that maybe stands out, but again, I, I don't think it's an issue. Uh, I think it's something that can get corrected, and I, you know, it's a it's a ball that Jack Cohn can throw. He's he's proven that during fall camp. So, um, it, you know, it's it's like I said, it's it's something that maybe pops out while you're watching the game, uh, but it's it. I think it's going to be a non-issue moving forward. Uh, you, know, so, you know, especially when you look at the weapons that they'll he'll have there at that wide receiver position, and you throw in Jake Ferguson. Um, you know, obviously teams, I, I don't think they're going to be able to put as many guys as the bo- in the box as they did last season. Uh, you know, obviously Jonathan Taylor is going to be the focal point, but uh, they have four good playmaking receivers uh, that you saw a little bit in Kendrick Pryor, a little bit AJ Taylor, maybe not as much as Danny Davis as you thought, but uh, they have four really good big 10 receivers that uh, I think they're going to get more creative with as the season moves on. Absolutely. And judging from what I saw too, and I'll, I'll have an article talking about the personnel breakdowns for Wisconsin. I think, there's some really interesting things that Wisconsin deployed against South Florida that talking about being more balanced or more just showing more wrinkles. Wisconsin certainly did compared to what we saw last year. But for now, let's talk to the one of the running backs that scored a touchdown on Friday night from the post-game interview that we had with him. And from there, we'll take a break, folks, here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Powered by Overtime Media. Uh, we're here with Nakia Watson, who scored his first uh, career touchdown. How does it feel to cross the end zone in college football? It felt good. Uh, it was an adrenaline rush. Uh, as I was watching myself approach the, the end zone, I just started. I had a big smile, even though you couldn't see it because I had a mouthpiece, but I started smiling like seven yards before I even got in a touchdown. If you could take it through it for us, what went through your head? What in terms of that run and, and taking it to the right uh, sideline and for the touchdown, what, what went through your head on that and, and, and to get to the end zone? Um, um, so a few plays before that, Jake Ferguson told me, follow me and I got you. So we ran that same play, but to the other side. That's what I thought. That was the first thing I thought, was, I'm going to follow Jake. And then the second thing I thought was, like, I'm going to use my speed and just go to the outside and beat everybody to the outside. And that's what I was like, I got to score. That was the third thing. What does it mean to? I mean, you see what Jonathan did, and then you see what you, you know, what, what you, what you did, and Brider getting the end zone. What does it mean to have three? And then Garrett Groshek as well getting a lot of meaningful snaps. What does it mean to have four backs that have the ability to to score and to have an impact on the field? 
That feels good. Like I was telling everybody else, we always we always talk about being the best running back group in the country. And I don't want to say we proved that tonight, but I think we took a, a good, positive first step into like into that way, onto that path. What was your reaction when Bradrick Shaw reached the end zone? Um, my reaction? I mean, I was hard, I was hyped for him. I was hyped. Um, I ain't never really. I, I've never seen Brad play, but I knew who Brad was back when I was in high school. And when he scored, I told him I was like, I knew who he was in high school, and I was I can't I couldn't wait to see you play. And now I finally see you score a touchdown. I'm happy for you, bro. In terms of the offense, I mean, what's the feeling to one pitch a shutout? I know the defense pitched a shutout, but two, you, you guys go into the open stadium, you have to face a weather delay, and you still put up 49 points and an impressive road victory. Is there anything better than that, in your opinion? No, ain't nothing better. Ain't nothing better that we uh, everybody did good. Even even though delay, even though delay happened, everybody was locked in at at one point. Delay happened. We just had to relock back in. Um, but I think overall it was a good day. We are back inside the Vivid Seats Studio for the BadgerBlitz.com power, uh, podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Jay Kokorowski, John McNamara here. And of course, folks, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. Of course, first-time customers only. And you folks, we're going to get to our mailbag segment. And we just heard from Nakia Watson, Wisconsin running back, 14 carries, 80 yards, that touchdown, 27-yarder. Someone asked, what do you, did you think of Nakia Watson? And... I haven't gotten a chance to go through all the fourth quarter tape, but I did get through most of the third quarter tape before we recorded the podcast. I thought I looked good. Um, you know, even earlier in the game, he, his first run, his first career run uh, went for, I believe it was nine yards and he had, he ran very hard on that. Uh, and he, it's going to be an interesting dynamic with how Watson will, will play out. It, will he become more of the compliment like Taiwan deal was where he was a little bit more of a um, physical back like that. But I liked how he played. He obviously had that touchdown run. He followed Jake Ferguson on that score. And then on top of that, too, he played some special teams from what I had seen uh, on the film. And so I think he, for his first game out there, he played pretty well. What about you, John? Yeah, he he got started, I think, in that like a nine or 10 yard run uh, to open things up, his first collegiate carry. So. Um, I thought he looked good. You know, he was, you know, coming out of high school, he was advertised as a big kind of punishing back. Uh, he put up huge numbers in Texas. And, you know, he obviously looks like a big guy, but, you know, someone who runs between the tackles. But he's got a little wiggle in him. Uh, and, he, you know, he doesn't look huge. You know, he, he looks like a bigger college tailback. But, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, his opening, opening collegiate game was certainly encouraging. And, you know, he looks to be, uh, you know, again, you know, him and Shaw, I think, are – are, are pretty close, but, you know, he's probably Wisconsin's third tailback this year. And like I said earlier, uh, you know, when, when they're at their best, they have three or four guys that they can rely on. And, you know, once they get to the heart of the schedule, you know, when guys are nicked up guys are hurt, uh, they're going to need that many backs. Uh, and, you know, obviously having Watson and Shaw is going to be huge for them this season. And then going to the next question, any injury concerns coming out of that Tampa game? Now, I wanted to address this one because this is part of our subscriber mailbag. With our mailbag segments, folks, uh, for the podcast, we'll take them from those in the Badgers then too. So kind of a disclaimer there. So guys become members of Badger Blitz and the Rivals Network. 
We have a mailbag segment or a mailbag thread that I put up every, I'll be putting them up every Sunday morning and we'll have our subscribers ask questions. That'll be answered either on this podcast, on my Twitter Q and a that'll be on Sunday or a written segment, which I hope to have up later this week too. So feel free to make said join Badger Blitz. You get the opportunity to answer, uh, to ask these questions and guess what? Uh, we'll answer them to the best of our abilities. Really, uh, any injury concerns coming out of that Tampa game? I think the big one, though, John, is uh, Chris Orr, where he was questionable to return with a right leg, according to a UW official during the game. And if I'm not mistaken, he came back out for one play and then was sent back out uh, right after that. I didn't, I didn't, I watching the tape again, I did not see him come back, but um, I'll have to take a look a little bit further on the game tape. Uh, we know Scott Nelson got was shaken up during the game. He walked off underneath his own power. So that's a positive sign, but we don't know how he'll, you know, we don't know what the injury list will be, but from outside of that, I don't know if though, I mean, outside of those two, which I mean, they are starters uh, and, and major contributors to the defense. I don't know if there are any other major concerns coming out of that game. Yeah. I think or is the only guy that you could think of there. Um, we'll get the injury report tomorrow on Monday uh, to see if anything else popped up. But uh, I think that's, that's another positive from Friday is that, you know, you, you came out of that game, uh, I think, unscathed. Uh, you know, we'll get more on or on Monday, but I would expect that, uh, you know, everyone came out of that game healthy and they'll be ready to go against Central Michigan. And then next question there coming up here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Er, this one's right up your alley, John. Early list of visitors for this upcoming weekend. We'll detail this more out on Thursday when we drop our game preview podcast against Central for the Central Michigan game. But who have you heard from? I think we even touched upon this last week, but who's the early list of visitors coming up for this upcoming weekend? Yeah, it's going to be a big weekend for football and basketball. Uh, you know, I'm still working on putting together that 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 list as the week goes on. You know, even the Wisconsin, you know, recruiting staff hasn't completely put it together because they're still working on getting guys up to, to campus, uh, still confirming some of those guys. But, um, you know, if you look at the 2020 class for football, uh, they'll have three official visitors that we know of so far. Um, you know, two that we talked about, Isaac Smith, uh, the receiver uh, that they have uh, that they offered in the summer. He'll take his first visit to Wisconsin officially this weekend, uh, you know, maybe a guy that they can close out, but I think he may want to visit Missouri officially, but um, you know, he's certainly high on those two schools. Uh, and then James Thompson, the defensive end from Ohio, uh, he'll get his first look at Wisconsin. Uh, he's someone I, I do think that they can close out this weekend. He's, he said that Wisconsin's his top school. He said that it would be, you know, more difficult for other schools to come in and top Wisconsin. Uh, I think if he leaves uncommitted, he could potentially visit, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, and he's talked about maybe a few other schools, Iowa State. But again, I think Wisconsin leads going in. I think they got a chance to close him out. And then Aaron Witt uh, will take his official visit as well. Uh, obviously, he's committed to Wisconsin, and he, he's going to use that opportunity to take his official visit because he wasn't able to do so uh, in in the summer with a lot of the other commits in this 2020 class. Uh, and then basketball, it's it's you know, and equally, you could even maybe say that it's a bigger weekend for Greg Gard. Uh, he's going to have two big-time targets in that 2020 class, uh, two guys from the uh, D1 Minnesota AAU program 
in Stephen Kral and Ben Carlson. Uh, both those guys have a, other official visits lined up, so I, I think I'd be very surprised if uh, one of them committed while on campus or during that visit. But uh, you know, two guys who are high priority for guys for them. Uh, you know, of the two, I think Crowell uh, ends up at Wisconsin. I know that he's got uh, he's going to use most likely all five of his official visits. But uh, you know, from the rumblings that we're hearing, and uh, you know, some people close to his recruitment, they've indicated that. Uh, Wisconsin might be a tough, tough to beat in, in his recruitment. I think he winds up at, at UW uh, with Carlson. You know, we've heard Xavier, we've heard Stanford, uh, but the Badgers have been there from the very start. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they can do with him this weekend during his official visit. But like I said, he's got others lined up uh, in the future. And, you know, you would expect a decision probably before the start of his senior season. Uh, probably the same thing with uh, Stephen Crawl as well. And then uh, the Davis brothers will be on campus, uh, the, the, the guys that they have committed from inside the state in, in the 2020 class. Uh, I, I'm trying to confirm if those are official or unofficial visits for those two, but I have been told those two are going to be on campus. I would imagine Carter Gilmore will be on campus as well, unless he has a prior commitment. Uh, I shot a message to him waiting to hear back. Uh, so it'll be a big weekend for Greg Gard. Uh, he may even have some guys in the 2021 and 2022 class come uh, this this weekend, but we'll have to see. Uh, but obviously, the the two big uncommitted guys from Minnesota are uh, you know top priorities for guard in this 2020 class. On that note, folks, let's uh, let's get to an interview with Leo Chanel, Wisconsin inside linebacker. I had a chance to talk with him one on one after the game, talking about his performance, what he saw. It's a quick interview, but hope you guys enjoy it. And that, we'll take a break there, and then we'll wrap it up here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. We're here with Leo Chanel. And Leo, how's it feel? First, you're a true freshman. You enrolled early. Played in your first game. How's it feel? It feels it feels really good, really accomplishing. And just to come out come out here and do what we did and then get a shout-out on defense, put a goose egg up on the scoreboard, it's, it's really amazing. You know, I was doing that in high school, but I never imagined, like, you could do that. We could do that and come together as a team like that and just like shut someone out completely and put that many points up on the board. It's, it's really cool. What exactly stood out to you? I mean, we, we can look from the press box, we can watch on TV and watch replays, but what, from a player's eyes, what stood out to you about the defensive performance tonight? Um, I think just the aggressiveness like, of everybody. Like, you know, uh, um, they, were, they were giving it their all, and uh, we, weren't, we were never second-guessing ourselves. We were just going and going, and we, we put it, all of our effort in, and uh, yeah, that's all that. As a true freshman, what does it mean to you? I mean, you and Mike Maskelunas were working in. Uh, you had to run in, I know, when Chris maybe went off the field there too. But what does it mean to get in that game and, and not just, you know, you play on special teams, we saw you there too, but also get in those snaps too on defense. It, it really meant a lot, you know, for uh, Coach Bostead to um, give me the opportunity to go in and make some plays and or, uh, give me the opportunity to, yeah, to make plays. And um, it was just awesome just being with the guys out there actually finally finally putting in a game I've been through all the practices the scrimmages but to finally go out and like strap it up with my brothers and actually play a real game is is awesome and then I mean next steps for you when it comes to assessing your performance you know what do you think you can improve upon and then what do you what are your goals on into central Michigan okay yeah I got I have a lot to improve on and um that's that's the fun of it is just knowing that I can get a lot better and just um come um next week ready prepared but uh I just think just having confidence. Um, it was my first game, so I didn't really know what to expect, the atmosphere or anything. So I kind of 
I kind of was in like uh, in shock by it. Really, it's just really it was really um, you know it's just uh, always a dream of mine to do that. So, um, but now now that I have the confidence and know what to expect, the big crowd and the, the stadium and all the situations, I think I'll be ready to go. Wrapping up this edition of the BadgerBlitz.com po- podcast, Jay Kokorowski, John McNamara. We got a lot coming up. We already, John, we've gotten so much out. Your your talk with Koldakovic, or your, you know, what you did with Koldakovich for Catholic Memorial against Brookfield Central uh on Friday night, which was a big game there uh, in the Milwaukee area. Got like post-game stuff up. We got videos up. But what should fans expect coming up this week? here on badgerblitz.com. Yeah, you know, obviously week two against Central Michigan will be, uh, you know, running a lot of stuff from that. Uh, I know you have some personnel, uh, a personnel story that you want to get out, looking at what, you know, some unique stuff that uh, Wisconsin did against South Florida. Uh, this week I'll, I'm going to try to get out to a game on Thursday and Friday this week. Uh, you know, I want to go out and see Milwaukee King play on Thursday night. And some people m- might say, well, why do you want to see Milwaukee King? Well, uh, they have two sophomores that uh, are already seeming Division One interest uh, in wide receiver Jerry Cross and then defensive lineman Cam Doan. Uh, Doan visited Wisconsin last year uh, unofficially, obviously, and uh, I think Cross is certainly someone that's that's going to be on Wisconsin's radar. So I plan to see them on Thursday and then Friday. I'll, uh, tentatively looking at seeing Trey Wedig. Uh, I think he'll be at Oconomowoc High School so uh, I'll try to hit both of those games up later in the week. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to get a visitor preview up towards the end of the week as well. Uh, maybe tie some loose ends uh, if there's any recruiting covers that needs to get done during the week. But obviously this weekend will be big with guys on campus and we'll, we'll be catching up with them on Sunday, getting their reactions to uh, to Wisconsin's game against Central Michigan. Absolutely. And so where you guys can find us, of course, badgerblitz.com, wisconsin.rivals.com, Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. On Twitter, you have John at McNamara Rivals, me at Jay Coco, and of course, the follow the major, the main profile at badger underscore blitz. And we have an Instagram page, and Darren Lee is going to take some great photos for us. So will Dan Sanger this season starting at home against Central Michigan. So make sure you guys check out that. And then on top of that, too, uh, with this podcast, please follow us. Uh, subscribe in term I should say subscribing is free. This is a free podcast through Overtime Media. Subscribe either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, listen on Spotify, listen on TuneIn. That's a new one that we got going on, and that's big. So we have <coughs> so we have four ways where you can listen to the podcast besides the main overtime media page. So make sure you, if you subscribe, whenever this becomes available on that Pacific media, guess what? It comes straight to your mobile device, your iPad, your desktop. Please do that. Also, if you guys can leave us reviews, why? Because it helps us out a little bit, but also gives us feedback. We want to make this the most badger centric podcast out there. Gives in the most, you know, part of to be part of the Badger community, what you guys want to listen to. So give us feedback on how we can improve in terms of quality, in terms of content, and please uh, feel free to give reviews if you'd like. And coming up, like I said, John, we got so much coming up. John already laid that out for us. Tune in 
Well, if you know, not just on BadgerBlitz.com, but on this podcast, we'll have a Central Michigan preview. We'll have we'll talk visitors and what John has lists as of Thursday, and we'll have so much more coming up this week on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.